Today I have another special guest, Brad Hoff, who I met, I believe, in 1999. I think that's about right. And he has been a church planter and is currently with CM. So we'll hear a little more about him, but thank you for joining me today. Sure. Glad to be here, Norman. So, uh, hello and welcome to Run With Horses. My name is Norman Smith, and my goal is to help you thrive as a disciple of Jesus. And one of the ways that I'm trying to do that is to bring in people who have been thriving and learning and growing and to share their story of how God worked and really um, the people who worked in them and how God worked through those other people. That's that's a big part of disciple making. So sure. that's kind of what we want to hear today. So okay. thanks for joining me. And uh, I met you in, I think, 99. You were in the, the church plant there in Sioux City. But I may have heard your story then, but that's been a long time ago. So <laughs> I don't remember it. So could you tell me, I don't even know where you're from. Are you from Iowa originally? No, uh, I was born and raised in Barron, Wisconsin. Okay. Yeah. I did not so, know that. Yeah. That's where I'm from. Um, I grew up in a, uh, in a church-going family. My parents were believers, had become believers before I was born. So my earliest remembrances are of hearing the gospel, you know, as a, as a very young boy in Sunday school and in church. And uh, um, I can remember one specific Sunday when sitting in a Bible class, uh, the teacher explained the truths of two Bible verses. One was Isaiah 59, verse 2, which tells us that our iniquities have separated us from God Mm -hmm. and our sins have hidden his face from us. Mm -hmm. And uh, through explaining that verse, she was very careful to help us understand that for each one of us, our sin did that for us individually, separated us from God. And uh, so I understood very clearly that that included me. Mm -hmm. And the second verse that was a part of that lesson was John chapter 10, verse 9, where Jesus said, I am the door by me. If any man enters in, he will be saved. Uh, She explained that in part using an, an illustration on a flannel graph, you know, back in that day. (laughs) Back in the day, those were a big thing. (laughs) They were a big thing. And in this case, it was helpful. Uh, She had this stone wall on there that represented our sin. We're on one side, God is on the other. And in that stone wall, there was just the one door, which represented Jesus Christ. And uh, she uh, asked us which side of the wall you know, we were on where we, in other words, where we were in our relationship with God. And I knew that my sin separated me from God. And I was uh, seven years old at the time. And I think that I could have done a decent job of explaining to someone else how to be saved. Mm -hmm. Um, But never really thinking about the fact that there wasn't, uh, there hadn't been a time when I acknowledged before God that I was a sinner separated from him by my sin and where I purposely uh, trusted Christ as my savior. I was given opportunity to do that that morning, I think several times, uh, but I declined. You know, I said no, you know, when asked if I wanted to. Um, So I went away from that class understanding for the first time in my life that I was, I did not have the relationship with God that I thought I had. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, that weighed on me. 
you know, it, it seemed, it seems now that back then, every waking moment, that, that's just what I was thinking about. My sins separate me from God. Right. You know, I don't have this relationship. Yeah, it seems like when God's working like that, it does. It's That's the focus. Yeah. You really know it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, someone in it, I know a lot of things get attributed to Charles Spurgeon, so I don't know if he was the one who said this or not, but someone had referred to the Holy Spirit as the hound of heaven, you know, who just can relentlessly pursues and... Mm-hmm. And uh, so that, that, that really was my experience. Um, and uh, then at, at some point, it just, it just kind of came to a head. Uh, my dad and I were home alone that evening. He was putting me to bed, and the routine was we'd spend, you know, a little reading the Bible or reading a little devotional, writing about the Bible and pray. And I don't remember what the subject of that was that night because my mind was on this other lesson in these two truths. But uh, I told my dad that night that I wanted to be saved. And so I trusted Christ as my savior that evening. Mm-hmm. So that's how I came to faith in Christ. Right. So Awesome. Yeah, it's, it's such a, a blessing to, to grow up in a family where your parents are that example and mm-hmm. they're willing to talk to you. Yeah. Know, yeah. The um, session we just came out of here at, at Faith, they were talking about that. Some people don't have this amazing yeah. testimony, but it is... Uh, it's an act of God's grace that we don't have to go through it is. some of those things and, and be transformed in that, that big, amazing way. Yeah. So to recognize yeah. that. So that's, yeah. that's really neat. So um, then you grew up in a Christian home yep. and you were saved early. So then uh, as you grew in your faith, mm-hmm. who were the people that invested in you and how did you, I don't know where you went to, uh, to Bible college or anything yeah. like that either. Well, I made a stop before Bible college. Um, I did grow up in a Christian home and, and continued to attend you know, a good church where the gospel was made clear. Um, but in that kind of a setting, uh, it is possible to coast. Mm-hmm. And I was definitely coasting, mm-hmm. you know, uh, as a believer and as I approached the end of high school, you know, graduation, uh, I had a plan for my life and I, I wanted, I wanted God's blessing on my plan. I don't, uh, I wanted to live a good Christian life on my terms. So pursuing my, my plan, I, I went to uh, the university of Wisconsin at Platteville and, uh, at that time there was a campus Bible fellowship chapter they didn't have any Staff, you know, there wasn't like a CBF missionary, but the uh, there was a very small group of students, but very serious-minded students. Um, there, there really were two things that year that I look back on as being key ingredients in my life. Uh, growing up in the environment that I did, the church environment daily devotions was stressed, you know, and just, and I made some attempts over the high school years to have daily devotions to, you know, to read the Bible. I remember a year or two, the beginning of the year, determining I'm going to, I'm going to read through the Bible this year. And, uh, things went reasonably well through Genesis and Exodus and then some somewhere in Leviticus <laughs> the wheels kind of came off right. and and uh, but when I when I went to the state university and, and living in a in a university dormitory um, it really was kind of sink or swim as a Christian there was no more coasting right and uh, I I started uh, 
every morning uh, taking time to read uh, a, little, a little bit of the Bible. My, my practice was very crude. Uh, it started with the book of James. And I, I don't know why I did, but I started with James. And my practice was I'd read a verse, and then on a little notepad I'd write out what I thought that verse what I understood it to say, you know, what it meant. Mm -hmm. And I remember uh, several times in doing that, you know, I'd read the verse and I'm about to write out what that verse means, you know, in my own words, this is what it means. Not what I think it means or what I want it to mean, but, you know, what it, what it says. Mm -hmm. And I, I paused because I thought I'm about to incriminate myself. You know, I'm about to write this out. This is what this verse means, but that's not how I'm living, mm -hmm. you know? And um, that, was, that was transformative. Um, you know, that little, that crude little practice, but because it was a daily thing, mm -hmm. um, my life began to change. The other ingredient uh, that year, I, I look back on those nine months uh, being at that state university, still look back on it as the the period of my life where there's probably the most significant spiritual growth. And the other ingredient that led to that or resulted in that was it was fellowship with these other students mm -hmm. who are a part of the Campus Bible Fellowship uh, um, group. They were, they were not cookie-cutter Christians. Mm -hmm. They were serious about their faith. They took the Word of God seriously. They were, they were um, you know, they were, they were gracious. They weren't, um, they weren't, they weren't critics, but, you know, the, the church that we attended, not, we didn't all attend the same church, but, you know, so, number of us did attend the same church and and uh, they would talk about the sermon you know the message mm -hmm. afterwards or during the week we'd see each other and they would um they would they were examining the scriptures you know like was said of the the bereans to see if the you know they would weigh what they heard against mm -hmm. is this really what the bible teaches and uh um that again, you know, obviously it's something that kind of stuck with me, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, so they were. There was a genuineness about these guys, and um, there. Years later, I would look back on that, uh, the relationships that we had within that group, uh, and and see some principles of biblical disciple making, mm -hmm. biblical discipleship, mm -hmm. there. Though I. Um, there really wasn't, there wasn't necessarily intentionality, you know, right. um, but it happened. Right. You know, I, I got challenged by several of those students at right. times. It's kind of the iron sharpens iron. It, it, even, yeah. even if you're not really yeah. intentional, you still can sharpen each other. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, and look back and, and smile at the memory of a couple of, the, of those occasions. And uh, another an, another turning point in it, in it, it has to do with the not only iron sharpening iron, but then, of course, we're told that the word of God is alive and powerful and sharper than a two edged sword. And I remember sitting in a little in a little nook, a little alcove in the university library one uh, one Sunday evening when believers were gathered together and I was not, uh, you know, with them. Um, 
and I was reading uh, Psalm 78, which rehearses Israel's history. And some of the later verses in that psalm, I think somewhere around 35, 38, somewhere in there, uh, God is speaking of his people Israel and, and talking about how um, you know, God would, God would deal with them because of their unfaithfulness mm-hmm. and there would be seeming repentance, you know, and turning to God and, and, and it, God asked them to, or, or just made the statement, I guess there about them that they often, uh, you know, withstood him to his face. They often, mm-hmm. you know, they often tried, tried God's patience, if you right. will. Right. And, and, um, I mean that, that, that moment it became emotional for me uh, not you know it's important not because it was emotional it's important because it was dealing with the heart but you know with the will but emotions were involved and just realizing that describes me you know and just thinking i'm provoking god to anger you know and and uh, so anyway um th- through that by the by the end of that year uh, as God worked during that time, I decided I didn't want my plan for my life, uh, but I wanted God's plan. You know, Lord, whatever you want me to do, I'm willing to do it. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, that's an important turning point. I think my, for me, I I got a lot further in my college career before I got there. <laughs> I'd I'd finished a master's and in uh, botany and was working on a PhD before I really got to that place where I said, yeah. okay, God, what am I supposed to be doing? And, yeah. you know, I've been pursuing my path, but uh, yeah. I, I've never even asked what your path might look like. <laughs> so I, it was a long, I, yeah. I, I spent a lot more money before, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> before I got there. Yeah. Uh, I don't know about you, but I was afraid, frankly, to ask. You know, I, w- I was afraid. I remember going through the decision-making, you know, in high school, what college am I going to go to? Mm-hmm. Uh, and the thought crossing my mind, maybe you should pray about it, you know. And I remember shutting that thought down quickly. No, of course, this is God's will. Uh, you know, this is what God wants for me. Um, and, uh, but I was afraid to ask because I was afraid of the answer. Yeah, there definitely can be fear there. And mm-hmm. for me, uh, it definitely was magnified because of all the time I had already put in. Yeah. So this is restarting. If I've got that far and I have to restart and go like to seminary or something, like I've, I've just wasted all this. And that was uh, one of the fears is, am I wasting all that I've done so far? And yeah. um, I had some idea of what jobs would look like if I just went another year. Okay. <laughs> I'm finished, yeah. and I my professor said, you know, you have like a hundred thousand dollar your job. That's that's what you'll expect, or you quit and go to seminary. And I quit went to seminary, and I worked in the bakery here at Faith, <laughs> and it was nowhere near a hundred thousand dollars a year. <laughs> I'm sure it is now, right? Things are, <laughs> right. Yeah, I've never got uh, got close. And one year after that, you know, it, it just it's interesting how your perspective changes. But when we really gave it to God. We trusted God to take care of us, and it's interesting how He does that. He doesn't always do it the way that you might expect. Mm-hmm. I mean, one year, my wife and I lived in a, <clears throat> a basement apartment in Rochester when my daughter was born. My daughter's now 21. So the year she was born, the year before we left for Japan, we made $9,000 as a 
three of us. It, that's below the poverty level for a single person. <laughs> Our apartment flooded three times, um, but we never lacked anything. Yeah. And what we learned through that is that God, God provided a car. You know, mm-hmm. We had a string of cars that died, but God provided one that, that got us to the next step. Mm-hmm. Um, we needed housing and God provided that house that was in our budget that we could afford. Yeah. Um, God continued to provide. And several times in our life, it's, I finally got to the point where there was a time when we were in Japan and I stopped calculating. I'd, I'd try to do a budget and on paper, it's like, yeah, it just, it doesn't look good. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't see how this is going to work. Mm-hmm. And God always made it work out. Mm-hmm. And one of those years where I had looked at the budget early in the year and said, this is not going to be a good year. We're going to have to tighten the belt. Um, not only did we not have to tighten our belt, but God blessed. That was the first year <clears throat> I had a sporting church in Alabama that they bought me a Harley. Wow. Because I was interested in doing motorcycle outreach. And I had done some with a, a really small bike. Mm-hmm. And they said they had a, a big um, CMA, Christian Motorcycle okay. Association group yeah. in their church. And they said, hey, we really want to support you in this. So they bought the motorcycle. And it's like, we look back at that year. So at the beginning, we think this is going to be a rough year for us. At mm-hmm. the end, we go, God blessed above and beyond mm-hmm. all we could ask or think. Mm-hmm. And I think the, from the time that I really surrendered, um, God has done that. Mm-hmm. And not always in the way you expect. Mm-hmm. And there are times when, yeah, you don't have things, but you always had joy that we didn't have before. Mm-hmm. And that peace that we're where we need to be. And you see the blessings in ministry, even when you don't see finances or some of the other areas. Mm-hmm. But uh, that is, it was a fearful decision to get to that point. Mm-hmm. But God has justified that decision mm-hmm. every day since. Mm-hmm. So we have found. Yeah. 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 So you were at school there, mm-hmm. and you got to the point where you, okay, God, what do you have for me? Then how did the next steps go? Yeah. Well, I'd shared at the end of that school year, I shared it with a friend of mine, kind of what had been going on in my life and the decision I'd come to. And and when I said, you know, Lord, I'm willing to do whatever you want me to do, I had a pretty good idea at that point that it was ministry. So as I shared this with my friend, uh, she said, well, if you believe that, she says, then you really need to take every opportunity you can to serve, to to do whatever. And she said the, uh, yeah, excellent advice. And she said the local uh, Bible camp needs counselors this summer. So I applied there and uh, I tell people they never should have hired me, (laughs) but (laughs) I'm glad that they that they did. It was uh, it was a really challenging summer. Uh, in in, uh, in in very good ways, you know. So it was a great experience there. Some some hard things, and uh, just an awful lot of learning. But that was that was uh, really um, uh, it, it. Really was helpful. I think you know there were there was definitely some significant growth uh, experiences that I had, people that I met, you know, some of the the pastors who were involved that summer in different roles at the camp, you know, as the dean for the week or the speaker for the week or whatever. And and so it was a, it really was a great experience. Um, I I had had a, a plan to go to a particular Bible school um, that fall but even that was there was a lot of uh, a lot of my plan frankly in that and so there was um there was another 
um, kind of letting go of some things. And uh, um, then I, uh, so I didn't go to Bible college that first semester that year, but um, while I was involved with Campus Bible Fellowship at UW-Platteville that previous school year, we'd had a retreat. We'd come over to, to uh, Northeast Iowa where there were some other CBF groups and join them for some retreats and things. And the, the speaker at one of those retreats was Dr. David Nettleton, who was the president of Faith Baptist Bible College. And I really appreciated his ministry and remembered thinking, oh, and at that point, this is how I was thinking. I thought if I had to go to Bible college, I'd want to go to his. <laughs> so, um, so anyway, it, it was kind of through that. Then I thought, you know, uh, I believe Faith Baptist Bible College is where I ought to be. So I started in the middle of a school year, and I came here not not really knowing, other than just very broadly. I think the Lord wants me in ministry, but you know, within that. Within that circle, there's a lot of options in there. Right. Was it missions? Was it uh, pastoring a church? Was it teaching in a Christian college? You know, I I, I just really didn't know, mm-hmm. um, but was thankful for the opportunities that I had at Faith to be exposed to, to some different things. And then my wife and I got married uh, just before my senior year of Bible college. And shortly after we were married, we became involved in a church plant in the Des Moines area um, with no intention of going into church planting, Mm -hmm. but wanting to get experience. And, you know, it's a brand new church just getting started. There's some there'll be some good opportunities. And there was. Mm -hmm. But it was through our involvement there then that the Lord directed our steps into into church planting. So that's kind of how that next thing happened in our lives. So what church was that? Um, It's Calvary Baptist Church in West Des Moines. It doesn't exist any longer as Calvary Baptist Church. I think it was... uh Kind of merged into another church, right. but it I was. Think a, we did go visit that church on Prefields. I think, okay, probably in the late nineties, early two thousands. Sure. Yes. There. Yeah. And I think they were having some struggles even back then. Could be. Mm-hmm. But um, okay. Yeah. yeah. I didn't. I didn't realize that was a, a church plant that you had worked in. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, it's interesting how God uses people at different times in different places. And, yes. Yes. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, it has a plan, even though yeah. we don't always yeah. see it until you look yeah. back. Yeah. Oh, wow, it's interesting how yeah. God brought yeah. it. It's something else that just came to mind, thinking of your earlier question about some of the people that God used. You know, I mentioned the uh, the other students in the CBF group, and God really used them in my life. Um, during that semester that I sat out of college, you know, um, uh, the uh, man who was a youth pastor at my home church had, uh, you know, when he found out I wasn't, he had come as youth pastor while I was away at the university. Okay, so, you know, we were just kind of getting acquainted with each other, but he invited me to work with him. He said, hey, would you work with me in the, the youth group? And uh, uh, so he he had me do that. I really was kind of still a part of the youth group, but kind of, you know, helping him. And, and then he and I would go and visit some of the other uh, members, older members of the church, you know, at times we just, he kind of took me under his wing and, mm-hmm. and, uh, um, I don't know, I don't think he ever used the word mentor, you know, mm-hmm. but it was, that was an intentional thing. You know, right. he, he asked, uh, 
asked really to, to be involved, you know, in my life, uh, asked me to help him. And I remember um, not too long before I went off to Bible college, uh, we had a heart-to-heart talk. You know, he just kind of explained some things to me uh, about what I would likely experience at, at Bible college and just gave some really godly counsel mm-hmm. that, that was very helpful. So when I look back on uh, people who were who God used, uh, he's one who, who really was a, maybe a little more intentional okay. in that. So, so anyway... Awesome. Okay, this has been an interview with Brad Hoff of Continental Baptist Missions. And I don't think I said that clearly at the beginning, but I would like to just extend a thanks to him for joining me today. And also to let you know that this is the first half of the interview. So we will be continuing the interview in the next show. The audio is not great. You know, I was at a a missions conference at Faith Baptist Bible College, and we had to use a a classroom, so there's quite a bit of echo, and it was a little difficult to to really get good sound out of this, but uh, I do appreciate the time that Brad spent uh, and uh, answered my questions, and he is somebody that I would like to encourage you to uh, mimic and and, appreciate. Pursue this kind of relationship with Christ in your life. You know, he's somebody that has pursued Christ from a, a young age, at least from college, and has been willing to do some hard things. And as we think about the Christian life, you know, I'm often saying we have our foundation of, you know, prayer, time in God's Word, uh, of fellowship with the church. And if we're obedient and we're learning and we're growing, we're going to do a lot of different things. We're going to have a lot of different experiences. You will lead a different life than you do if you try to pursue just happiness and things that you feel like might give you joy. You know, when you really pursue Christ, you're going to find that He has a path for you that might not be the one that you would have chosen for yourself, but it's always going to be an amazing journey. I know I've certainly found that in my case. And as this week, I've had opportunity to talk to different missionaries and pastors and even students who are here at the college and are pursuing their future, kind of what does life with Jesus look like going down the road, pursuing Him? You know, there are a lot of different ways that question is answered. God uses each of us and our gifts in different ways. So I encourage you to continue to examine how God made you the gifts that you have, the interests you have, the abilities you have, how do those gifts, interests, and abilities work out into the growth of God's family, the church? And certainly Brad's story is interesting, and we'll pick up that in the next show. For now, thanks for joining me today. If you have any questions, if you'd like to ask a question I might address in the future, you can write me at norman at runwithhorses.net. I'd love to hear from you. You can look us up on Facebook, a few places in social media. Look up uh, the Run With Horses podcast. You can look at our website, runwithhorses.net. And my goal is really what I say in the beginning, to help you thrive as you follow Jesus, help you to run your race well. That is certainly my goal, uh, to run my race well as I follow Jesus. And I think men like Brad are good examples of what that looks like. So for today, uh, that's all. Keep, Keep running. Keep pursuing Jesus.